Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The start of Super Wildcard Weekend just hours away, and 670 the score is your home for the NFL playoffs. We'll be carrying all six games, and I'm here over the next hour to offer some advice on how to wager on said games responsibly. Follow or fade, always your call. A doubleheader today with our coverage beginning at 3 o'clock, a tripleheader tomorrow, and Monday night football even during the playoffs. Welcome into Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers on Twitter, at Joe Ostrowski. That is at Joe Ostrowski. On the BetQL Network, you can catch BetMGM tonight on 105.9 FM HD2. Just search on the Odyssey app, BetQL Network. Simple as that. That's where you find me, 8 to 11 a.m. on BetQL Daily. And then BetMGM tonight, 6 to 10 p.m. weeknights with my guy, Ryan Horvat and two people screaming about the NBA. How are you doing, Ryan? Hey, Joe. How are you, my <laughs> friend? It's uh, nice to be on bright and early this morning. I'm used to usually getting off work at like, you know, 1130, getting home at midnight. So it's nice to be up bright and early. We got playoff football and I'm looking forward to each and every one of these games. I'll tell you, man, Thursday night sucked with no Thursday night game. I'm still getting used to no college matchups. Luckily, we did uh, come home with that Georgia money line to close out the season. But I don't know what to do without myself without college football. Wasn't that just so obvious? Everybody in the world on Alabama, the public underdog. And I think we might have a couple of public underdogs among these six games this weekend. So, uh, yeah, the people are used to you, Horvy. You check in on early odds at least once a month. I hear you over the holidays hosting on 670 the score. So uh, they want to get your thoughts when we wrap on these games. There are some people with Packers connections. Bears are talking to just about everybody under the sun for the GM and head coach openings, but uh, there's a couple people that I'm intrigued by uh, north of the border that you might have some intel for us. But let's start with uh, the first game this afternoon. They were not fair to Vegas at all. Vegas has the longest game of the week. They're the last game of the week, and now they're the first game of Super Wild Card Weekend been bouncing around a little bit this week. It opened at six and a half, got all the way down to four and a half, then it rises back up. We're hanging around Cincinnati as five and a half point favorites. Total of 48 and the hook. I've heard uh, some compelling arguments for both sides. You on the favorite or dog? Man, I feel like you're going to hate the way that I played this entire weekend, but we'll get to that Uh a little bit later here. So what I did was this opened up six and a half, right? I bought the seven with the Raiders because it was minus 135 at the time. And you go back and I feel like there's probably some overreaction with this number because I think the Bengals won that first meeting 32 to 13 or something like that. But that score was really misleading. Joe Burrow, no explosive passes in that game, right? It was just a lot of Joe Mixon. And I worry about the Bengals in this matchup because the last time we saw Joe Burrow week 17, he was injured on that final play. They had to take him out of the game. They kicked the field goal to beat Kansas city, but then week 18, 
you know, they sat pretty much everybody like Jamar Chase played a couple snaps, but Joe Burrow wasn't in that game. And I kind of wanted to see him for a drive just to see how healthy he is. You know, luckily that injury isn't to the leg that he had surgically repaired, but he still is a little bit beat up. And then I look at some of these matchups. Here's the thing that concerns me for the Bengals, because I am rooting for the Bengals to win this game. Love me some Joe Burrow. But I just feel like, you know, as boring as they are, the Raiders might even advance and win this one outright. Max Crosby has been ridiculous the last eight weeks of the season. Now he's going against Isaiah Prince, who is a six-round pick out of Ohio State. I think Joe Burrow is going to get sacked three to four times in this game. I think the mm -hmm. Bengals are going to end up winning a close one. I just feel like that number was a little too high. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Here's the thing. The Raiders don't really blitz a whole lot. They just get natural pressure. Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the league against the blitz, but he struggles against natural pressure. So Max Crosby, like I said, he leads all edge rushers in pressure. If they get that natural pressure on Burrow, they're going to be able to leave more guys in coverage. That's why in that first meeting, Tyler Boyd tore the Raiders apart. They used him out of the slot. I just, I worry that they're going to be able to take chase out of the game plan and that the Raiders, as boring as they've been, are going to find a way to win this game. I don't know if you agree with me, Joe. Do you think this is the hardest game to handicap? Because I usually fade quarterbacks playing in their first playoff game. But in uh -huh. this situation, you have both quarterbacks playing in their first playoff game because Derek Carr, yeah, the Raiders have been to the playoffs, but he got injured and it was Connor Cook that started in that, you know, that lone playoff game. Burrow's never been there, but like Burrow's played in some huge games, including the national championship. And the reason why everybody loves this kid is because of his swagger and his toughness. So I don't think like the moment will be too big for him. I don't really trust either head coach. I know everybody loves Zach Taylor. <laughs> I know I do not. And yeah. then here's the other thing, man. So I went back and looked at this, uh, Derek Carr, 35 degrees or lower. He's Owen five in his career. He's a California kid, went to Fresno state Owen five in his career. It's looking like what 25 degrees they're predicting right now. That's the only thing that scares me. I just think the number's too big. I'm going to take the Raiders, but I, I'm rooting for the Bengals to win this game. All right, I can't wait till we get to the Josh Allen cold weather conversation coming up with uh, tonight's game. But you believe I'm going to hate the way you played this card? Not so far, because yep. we're aligned here. I like Vegas. And everything you said that it might make it challenging to handicap with two quarterbacks making their first playoff start, two coaches in the postseason for the first time, Kind of balances things out, doesn't it, a little bit? And then you're getting upwards of around five, six this week. And I know you got a good number earlier in the week, but yeah, I would still recommend Las Vegas here in this spot, even though the schedule makers were not very kind. A short week for them, but hey, it's a playoff time. Forget about that. I want to go back to that game that you mentioned in November that they played. And you're right. That final score is not indicative of how that game went at all. And it was a one-point spread in that game. Cincinnati winning 32-13. to 13. It looks like a route, but was it? I mean, yards per pass, yards per play in favor of Vegas, total yardage in the game. Cincinnati barely had the advantage there. And that was all about third downs. Uh, the Bengals, 8 for 16. Las Vegas, 1 for 7. They controlled the clock. Jamar Chase, Higgins, didn't do much that game. Waller did. Bengals have had some struggles with tight ends. He worked his way back last week. I think we're going to get a better version of Waller and Max Crosby with a soft matchup. He didn't dominate last time, but I don't know if that's going to be the case again. Uh, the Bengals are allowing sacks on 10% of pass plays. Big weakness on the team. Another weakness is their secondary. Yeah, I like Vegas here. They have a puncher's chance of pulling off the upset, but I'm getting close to a touchdown. Yeah, give me the Raiders. We're on the same page so far. Yeah, 
I'll tell you this, if the Bengals come out there though, on early downs and, and they run the ball for five, six yards per carry, yeah. we would be in some trouble here, man. Again, I'm rooting for the Bengals in this spot, but I feel like like they're like the hot up and coming team. Like I, if the Chargers got in, I feel like everybody would have been betting on them and Herbert. By the end of this, maybe the Bengals are the public team. I don't know though. You know what I mean? It's just like you look at the rest factor. That's a great point by you. You know they did the schedule makers did the the Raiders no favors here. Not only did they play Sunday night, but they also played an overtime game for their life. And if you go back to even Week 15, man, they were playing for their playoff lives. So mm-hmm. the only concern I has how gassed are they right now? You know, because every game since Week 15 has really been a playoff game for them they were on the field for a lot of snaps on defense see you're concerned about the Bengals just running it down the throats of the Raiders I'm concerned about Zach Taylor is the good right. Zach Taylor going to show up that we saw in week 16 and 17 when Burrow was slinging it throwing for nearly a thousand yards in those two games now if he realizes that hey we have all these weapons on the outside and a really really good quarterback uh, the Raiders might be in trouble if they fall down early all right let's keep it moving with these six games Tonight, it's the Patriots and the Bills. Buffalo, four-point home favorites. Lowest total of the week sitting at 44, and weather could be a factor. Yeah, you know, weather could be a factor, but I don't think it's going to be a factor the way that it was a factor in that first matchup where the game was played like in the movie The Day After Tomorrow where there was all that snow and Mac Jones only dropped back, what, three times in that game? So it was just the Patriots Mm -hmm. running the ball down the Bills' throats. And, you know, at that time, I kept saying, like, I like the Patriots in that first matchup just because – The Bills, I thought we overrated them defensively a little bit. You know, you look at the schedule that they've played. They've had some really bad losses. They lost to the Jags. But in the second matchup, I was all over the Bills because as long as Josh Allen, you know, isn't playing in 75-mile-per-hour winds in a snowstorm, obviously he's the better quarterback. And here's the thing, like, since the bye week for the Patriots – Mac Jones has been trending the opposite way. Like, and if Buffalo could get out to a 10, nothing, 13, nothing lead in this game in the first half, and Mac Jones has to drop back 25 to 30 times in this game. I don't think the Patriots have a chance. I think we overrated them defensively a little bit. You know, we did this on Monday night on our show where everybody was like, I I like the bills in this spot, Joe, but what I did, here's where I think that you'll disagree. I took them on the money line. It opened minus 185 was the price I got. And I said, you know what? It's playoffs, man. And I think they're going to win this game. I know they're going to win this game. I don't know that they're going to win this game by five points. I think this might be a field goal game, but I do think that this is Buffalo's year, right? Like last year they got bounced by Kansas city, but they got that first playoff win. Josh Allen finally got to play in the playoffs. I feel like this is the year where they build off that. And I feel like, you know, they're going to be able to run the ball against new England. Like the last two weeks, they finally started using Devin Singletary last week. He finally went over a hundred yards. I think that if they could just run the ball, like 40% of the time, 30% of the time that opens up the passing game a little bit more, you know, cause JC Jackson's going to be the primary defender once again on Stefan Diggs. So I think he could take Diggs out of the equation. It's going to be a big game for Josh Allen though. I'm going with Buffalo on the money line. I'm not doing anything with the spread. The total I'd probably lean under, but I feel like that's going to be a very public play. Well, Buffalo money line is not my play. And I agree with what you said about, I don't know about the bills winning by five points. That's why I'm taking new England and the points here. And it is concerning the way Mac Jones. Yeah. It's concerning the way Mac Jones played down the stretch last four games, five interceptions completion percentage way down, gave the opportunity for Jamar chase to come in and steal the offensive rookie of the year, which is going to happen. Bill Belichick in a different role. It's fascinating, man. He's usually not even participating this weekend with Super Wild Card Weekend, and he's an underdog, which is when he flourishes, covering 67% of the time. Belichick, yep. 30, 15, and 2 as a dog. 
which Josh Allen are you going to get? That's the question. When, when you're rolling with the Bills, and I probably bet on the Bills more than any other team in the NFL this year. When you're getting the good Josh Allen, that guy can take them all the way to the Super Bowl. When you're getting the bad one, that's a team that is close to losing to the Jets, right? I mean, yeah, everything is on Josh Allen. Their wins, they win by 12 points or more in all, all 11 victories this year. Every close game, they lost. 0-5 in those five one-score games. And the conversation a lot of people are having this week because of the freezing temperatures that we're going to see tonight. Uh, well, look at his numbers. And you're in Buffalo, dude. You've got to figure this out and play better in cold weather. Freezing temp, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. Yep. He's completing only half of his passes, 167 yards per game, quarterback rating of 62. It's putrid. I don't want to go too wild like we've seen some people on TV do this week because when you have small sample sizes, young quarterbacks in the postseason, they're going to figure things out. They're going to get better. So, yeah, a lot of them start 0-3 against the spread. They struggle in the cold weather. Like you mentioned with the first game, I don't love betting on these quarterback debutants here. Right. Always in a tough spot. But with Belichick getting more than a field goal and the conservative nature that we see from McDermott time to time, since I'm getting four points, I jumped on that. I'm worried that it might go inside of four down to three and a half, but uh, I'm on New England. Plus four, not not my favorite, but hey, I love this Bill squad. I, I think the sky's the limit for this team, and they could be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. I just see a tight matchup. It's just that they're a weird team to figure out because they play down to their competition. You know, they had a loss to the Jags this year where they didn't even get into the end zone. Josh Allen, I mean, that's a great point. What version of them are you going to get, especially in the cold weather? If he turns the ball over two times, three times like he did last week, they're going to lose this game. He's got to protect the ball and they have to run the ball, man. Like I get what their offensive identity is. And I said the same thing last year, but if you're going to be, especially if you're Buffalo and you're going to be hosting home playoff games, you have to have the ability to at least go out there and at least have the other team, the opposing team think you're going to run the ball. So Devin Singletary needs at least 12 to 14 touches in this game, but I'm going to stick with Buffalo to win. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. And during the week, I host BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network. My guest, Ryan Horvat, hosts BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. All right, uh, bring some sanity to my world with this matchup. I'm sick of talking about it. Let's, let's yeah. please play this one already. Eagles and the Bucks, as you know, one of my co-hosts, Joe Giglio, he hosts on WIP. He's an Eagles fan. And I've been hearing all week how Philadelphia is going to cover and they might win outright. Let me hear a uh, sensible opinion, please. Yeah. And like, I get it, Joe, he's, he's a homer, right? He loves his team. And I have no issue with that. You know, the, like other, you with night, the, Packers. the other night, the Chicago <laughs> Bulls played the Brooklyn Nets. They hosted the Nets and, and I love the Bulls like more than I love most of my family members. But you know what I did? I bet the Nets because James Harden and Kyrie Irving were playing in the game because it was at the UC and, and they clubbed the Bulls. I know that that's his team, but everybody we've had on this week likes the Eagles in this spot. They like, uh, the here, but here, why, what do the Eagles like to do? They run the ball. They have the highest run pass ratio in the league, 52% against 48% in the NFL. How are they going to run the ball against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You know what I mean? Like I remember going yeah. back to week one, everybody was crushing Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy because Zeke didn't have 15 touches in that game. You can't run the ball against Vita Vea. 
you can't run the ball with Sue out there. You know, they're fifth in expected uh, points added per play against the run. So I just don't know why anybody likes this matchup for the Eagles, a running team with two beat up running backs going against the best run defense in the league. And also Philadelphia hasn't beat a good team all season long. They haven't beat a playoff team. They haven't even covered the number. Last time these teams met, uh, Tom Brady was 34 of 42 passing for 297 yards and two touchdowns in week six. I know that's the regular season, man. I know that was a long time ago. I know this is a different Eagles team because Nick Sirianni, the first eight weeks of the season was a disaster, but still, I don't want to overthink this one, man. It's Tampa Bay or nothing for me. I am not backing Philadelphia. Like this is a terrible matchup for them. What are these people thinking? I'll tell you what they're thinking. Uh, first off, they're thinking that when they played that Thursday night game, this is a different Eagles offense because Sirianni didn't know he had a good running game. And actually, yeah. they have a great running game. But you're right. Strength on strength. So where's the big advantage there? Why are we assuming it goes to Philadelphia? Why? Because there's a lot of points? Yeah, it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. That's why there's a lot of points. The reason why, because of the second half. Okay, we've got a great rushing offense. We made the playoffs. Sirianni did a nice job. I'm not doubting any of that, but a lot of the metrics that people are taking a look at and they're citing is what they've done in the last six to eight weeks. Look at the teams they're playing. And yep. I'll, I'll revisit this in the Cowboys conversation since they reside in the NFC East. The Eagles have a total of zero, zero wins against winning teams. Atlanta, Carolina, Detroit, Denver, New Orleans, Jets, Washington twice, and the Giants. They haven't beat a winning team all year. Head coach, first playoff game. Quarterback, first playoff game. I know the metrics are nice, but you know what metric is not nice? The Eagles pass defense. Yes, okay? thank you. And, say, and, <laughs> and here's Tom Brady with Gronk, and I think Evans is going to be out there. And we've also learned that it doesn't even matter because Brady's going to make it work with somebody, even though he doesn't have Godwin or Antonio Brown. And oh, by the way, when people have talked about the Bucks having issues second half of the year, they were seven and one to close the season. Okay. And yeah. they might be getting five starters back. Barrett, JPP, Fournette, Jamel Dean on the back end. Levante David seems up in the air, but man, a lot of things are lining up for the Bucks here. I've kind of flipped early on in the week. I, I saw what people were saying with the value, but as you take a deep, deeper dive into this game, give me Brady, man. Give me Brady at home. Uh, exactly, lay, an, lay an eight and a half. And uh, this is going to be the most popular teaser in the world this weekend. That, that's the only thing that scares me, man, is money yeah. line parlays and teasers. It's all going to come down to Tampa Bay. But like, here's another one where I get it with the number two, like the, with the number, I kind of wanted to play Philadelphia, but just the matchup sucks. Like the Eagles are 25th in passing success rate to opposing wide receivers. They're 25th in yards per play to wide receivers. They give up 8.9 yards per pass. And now they're going against Tom Brady. I get like, everybody's looking like, okay, no Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin, but for the first time in years, you have a fully healthy Rob Gronkowski. You saw what he could do, you know, when things matter, like when he was trying to get paid last week, you still have Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette. This has been the best version of Fournette we've seen in years. And you know, he always turns it on come playoff time. So mm -hmm. I just feel like this is a terrible matchup for Philly. And okay. So if, if Tampa Bay is on the road, maybe I do take the Eagles, but at home, like they're a whole nother beast. They cover the number. I'm going with the box. I'm not overthinking this one. Yeah. See, you're worried. I was going to hate your approach this weekend. Uh, we agree. 
on two of the first three games. All right, three wild card games down, three to go. Stay right there, Ryan Horvat of the BetQL Network. More breakdowns on all six matchup sides, totals, props on my BetQL Daily podcast. Subscribe, won't you? That's the BetQL Daily podcast. More with Horvy next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The score listener line is open 24-7, 365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 The Score, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. On Twitter, at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. We continue with Ryan Horvat, host of BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. I have BetQL Daily, weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on the BetQL Network. We're halfway home after covering Vegas, Cincinnati, New England, Buffalo, Philly, Tampa. Fourth game of the weekend, tomorrow afternoon, rock-solid number. I don't think it's going to move at all off this three. The Dallas Cowboys at home, favored by a field goal over the Niners. Total is the highest of the weekend at 51. This is the best matchup of the weekend, man. Like this reminds me of like my childhood, you know, like the early nineties, <laughs> late eighties, mid nineties, where we get a Cowboys Niners playoff game. And I've been out on the Cowboys the second half of the season. Like they've been carried by their defense. Um, they've been up and down offensively. Hell they've been up and down defensively too. And I feel like, you know, a, a lot of people might be buying back in because they blew out the Eagles 51 to 26 or whatever it was Saturday night, but that was a scrimmage. Nobody played for Philadelphia. You know, the Cowboys offense, since Dak has come back from that injury, what was it, week nine or week 10? Weeks one through six, they averaged 34, 34 points per game. They were fifth in EPA per play. They look like the best offense in the league. From weeks nine through 17, they're averaging 28 points per game, and they're just 16th in EPA. I know that, you know, they've dealt with some COVID. Like, who hasn't? They've dealt with injuries. I've been down and out on them, whereas now, like, I'm all about the San Francisco 49ers who are playing their best football. I think Debo Samuel is probably the best player on the planet because you can line him up in the slot. You can line him up in the backfield. You can line him up at quarterback. Like, he probably throws a better ball than Trey Lance right now. And the 49ers defense is second in rushing EPA per play and success rate. How's Dallas going to run the ball? I know that this is probably going to be the public dog of the week, man. I'm taking San Francisco. I also think they have the coaching advantage. Say what you want about Kyle (laughs) Shanahan. As a Green Bay Packer fan, I had a decade plus of Mike McCarthy in big playoff moments. Go back and watch that NFC Championship game against Seattle where he kicked a billion field goals. (laughs) Give me Shanahan. I took the points. I may play the money line. I haven't done it yet. I just think they're the more talented team. They have the best tight end in the league in George Kittle. Dallas defensively has been solid, but they gamble so much. You know what I mean? Like, Trevon mm-hmm. Diggs gambles a lot. So he has the 11 interceptions, and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to serve up a couple probably because he loves throwing the ball in the middle of the field. But as long as he can protect the ball, I- I'm going with San Fran. Give me Shanahan. Three for four. Really? Easy. You basically laid out my entire handicap, so I don't know how much more I can really add. I agree with everything you had to say. Shanahan against Dan Quinn, Shanahan against McCarthy as an underdog. You don't want him as a favorite, but as an underdog, Shanahan 25 and 17 covers the spread 60% of the time. And there's this perception that the Cowboys offense is back on track. Like what we saw in the first six weeks. I'm not buying, man. There's a lot of people selling that. I'm not buying. You throw out week 18. You were going against second and third stringers against the Eagles. I don't even know how much I want to take into account that that game against Washington when they put up 50 plus they're fighting on the sideline. Exactly. I mean, seriously. And and when you look at some of these other numbers with that, 
this Cowboys offense second half of the year, 21st in success rate. And I'm always concerned about what people consider an elite defense when their biggest strength is all about turnovers. Number one in takeaways, I give them credit. They did a great job turning it around. I'm just not sure that that's going to happen again. And I do trust Shanahan. And now that it appears that Jimmy G is healthy, looks a lot better there. Trent Williams, watch out for his injury, but he says he's good to go. The only question is, is he going to be 100%? Looks like Tyron Smith is going to be out there for the Cowboys. But yeah, not, not much else to add. I echo your sentiments about Debo. He's the best player in the NFL that not enough people talk about. Yeah. Maybe next year they'll realize that this dude is easily a top 10 talent. Absolutely, man. And like George Kittle, he actually blocks downfield. He's great. Um, Brandon Ayuk has kind of turned it around, especially on third downs. All I needed to see from the Niners was what I saw last week. I just needed to see, can Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball down the field? And he can. There's plenty of Jimmy G haters out there, man. Jimmy G this season has been awesome. He's averaging 8.9 yards per attempt. You know what I mean? He's pushing the ball down the field. I know he turns the ball over, but he, I mean, he likes to take gambles. Um, All I needed to see last week was with the webbing on his hand or whatever, was he healthy enough? And he was, you know, he was healthy enough last week to beat the Rams. So I think he'll be healthy enough to at least cover the number against Dallas. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski getting you set for Super Wild Card Weekend on Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest, Ryan Horvat. He hosts BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network. I don't think we're going to need to spend as much time on Sunday night football. Chiefs hosting the Steelers. It's a big number. Been hanging around 12 and a half throughout the week. We just saw this game Christmas week. Chiefs took care of business 36 to 10. No Kelsey. Tyreek coming off the COVID list, barely involved. Only had two targets. It was the Pringle two-touchdown game. First time Mahomes is participating in Wild Card Weekend. I'm going to lay the big number. Steelers off to very slow starts. I like minus seven in the first half. I'm a little concerned about a backdoor cover with the 12-and-a-half number, but if you have to pick full game, I don't mind it. I mean, Watt can be a game wrecker, but I think yeah. this is just going to be too much because this v- version of Big Ben, this will be his last game. And I think he's going to leave with a whimper as the Steelers get rolled. What do you think? I wanted to tie on Sunday night, man, because I wanted Justin Herbert. He was so good in the playoffs. I do not want to watch this Steelers team. And I played the game the same way. So I guess we are going to be on the same page this week. I took the first (laughs) half. I I do think that the back door is going to be open in the second half for Big Ben because, I mean, he's playing with house money, bulletin board material. And, you know, I, I hate using narrative, but, like, he's going to go out there with nothing to lose and leave it all on the field, but it's not going to be enough. And like you said, TJ Watt can be a game changer. They can force turnovers. They're very well coached. They're good on special teams, but the chiefs are my favorite to represent the AFC. So I think they're going to roll here. I'm not going to play the full game. I am going to play the first half though here. And uh, here's one. We don't really have to spend a whole lot of time on here's here's like, here's the matchup. I'm not looking forward to watching whatsoever this weekend. hundred percent. Yeah. If you can get minus seven, and uh, minus 110 on both sides, I would jump on that. That's uh, better than the uh, minus 12 and a half. But both of us in agreement again, man. I'm feeling good. Uh, we like the Chiefs. All right. Love this with the NFL. Thank you, NFL. Gives us more stuff to bet on, yeah. more stuff to watch. Primetime game, Monday night football with uh, to wrap Wild Card Weekend. It's the Rams hosting the Cardinals. Now we've seen some movement a little bit. I'm curious what happens to the number on Monday. It did touch down to three and a half, but most of the week it's been Rams favored by four pretty high total 49 and a half. Their third meeting of the year. Horvath, you start us. All right. Here's the game where when we got this matchup, 
I was so pissed, man, because I wanted to fade yes. both of these teams. Dude, I've now been saying this all week. I've said this on every radio show. I've been saying this on BetQL Daily. I'm so angry because I wanted to go against both of these teams. Dude, honestly, Matthew Stafford, like, how? okay, so who do I back here? Kyler Murray, again, oh. first playoff start. Cliff Kingsbury, disaster the second half of the season. Or do I want to back Matthew Stafford, who is – 31, 51, and two against the spread against winning teams, 26 and 58 straight up, hits at a 31% clip against winning teams. And he's been awful. Like he's been bad the last four games of the season. I don't care what the schedule, what the win loss record was. He had eight interceptions and one fumble over the last four games of the season. That's more than Aaron Rodgers the entire year. All that being said, though, like the Cardinals, they can't stop the run. They're 17th in rushing success rate. And finally, for the first time this season, the Rams actually have a healthy backfield. Mm -hmm. um, I played this game, man. I'm actually going to play the team total under. I wanted a 24. It's not there right now. It's 23 and a half for the Cardinals. I'm going to play the team total under. I don't really want to pick a side. I guess I'd probably go with the Rams, maybe on the money line. I think this is probably a field goal game. But this has been a completely different offense the second half of the season, not only because of the play calling, because they lost DeAndre Hopkins, who is, he's not the top receiver in the league. He's definitely mm -hmm. top five. Look at the EPA, you know, per play. They went from third in success rate to 16th in EPA per play without him. James Connors banged up. He left that game last Sunday with a rib injury. So I guess I would take the Rams. But I just don't think the Cardinals are going to have much success on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they've been great on the road, eight and one against the spread and straight up. So I don't really want to fade them. But I, I just don't think they're scoring 24 points in this game. So that's the way I played this one. Harvey, I can't sit here and pretend to have a strong opinion on this game because I don't. Now, there are different ways to bet it, especially once all the props are posted and they'll, they'll be available as the weekend progresses. And certainly once we get to Monday with once these other games wrap, like, okay, you want to back Kingsbury in the playoffs? No. Or the way the offense has been without Hopkins? Uh-uh. Stafford, who, who has never won a playoff game, and it's a small sample size of three games, but also the seven picks in the last three games at the midway point, these two teams could have been number one and two in the NFL. You could have made right. that argument. They were seven and zero, oh and they were, and the Rams are seven and one. And look at what they've done since. Yeah, I I don't love the matchup, and that's why I'm just thinking, okay, just give me the points, divisional matchup, and I'm getting more than a field goal, number of four. I'll go with Arizona. You mentioned their numbers on the road, how strong they've been. And yeah. in six of those games, they were underdogs, and they win outright. So that was pretty darn impressive. But um, I'm looking forward to betting against the winner of this game in the divisional round, right? Same here. Same here. Yeah. No matter who it is, man. And that's why, again, like I hated this matchup because I was going to fade either of these teams. I kind of bought into the Rams preseason. I did play them to win the division. Luckily, I got a good number. I got two to one on it. So that did cash. I mean, it was a sweat literally all the way down to the final whistle week 18. But man, like Stafford, you know, you saw it again against San Fran, that turnover, that pick to end the game. I just, I can't trust a guy. I, I can't trust him. And I love McVay, but to be honest, like I don't even trust McVay in this spot. So I'd probably go with Arizona too. You know, eight and one against the number straight up on the season on the road. I guess mm -hmm. that's probably the play, but I don't, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, agree. Uh, neither of us have a strong opinion on that game. <laughs> All right. So we're both on Vegas, both on Tampa, both on San Francisco, both on Kansas City. Uh, you kind of lean Arizona, but you're doing under team total. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll go with the four. I like New England getting four. You like Buffalo money line. We're not really going heads up there. Both could happen. 
All right. I like it. We do well when we're on the same page. I'll just I'll just throw that out for the people. Yeah. Don't jinx it now, though, man. Okay. Don't Sorry. Like, I'm just I'm just giving people the information. We need, right. we need, we need some winners this weekend. Yeah, this is, this is going to be the one time that I lay minus uh, 185 on the money line. But I do think the Bills beat the Patriots. That's the one that makes me the most nervous this weekend. I will say that. Faden Belichick. I did tease a Bears question at the start of our conversation. So I'm hoping you can provide some intel here. There's been some chatter about Packers OC Nathaniel Hackett being in the mix as the next Bears head coach. And here's the other one that I'm fascinated by. Not in Green Bay, but as a lot of Green Bay ties, a front office consultant, Elliot Wolf, the son of Ron Wolf, and they gave the gig to Gutekunst instead of young Elliot Wolf, who went to Notre Dame Academy up in Green Bay, which you've got to love. All right, tell me your thoughts about Nathaniel Hackett, his prospects as a head coach, and young Elliot Wolf. I think I'm older than him. Uh, so he's going to be a GM, it sounds like, sometime soon. Honestly, I would go with Elliot Wolf. I kind of wanted Elliot Wolf to get the job, and I got crushed because, like, as you know, I call him Goots Gang out in Green Bay. Like, in, when I was doing morning radio in Milwaukee, they love Brian Gutekinds, man. Like, they would have chose Brian. No, you don't. Over Aaron Rodgers. There were people that wanted Mike McCarthy to stay over Aaron Rodgers, though. So there's some lunatics out there. Elliot Wolf, I think he's 39 years old, I want to say, man. Mm -hmm. Went to the University of Miami. Obviously a smart guy, knows what he's doing. I I would go that route. Now, Nathaniel Hackett, I think he deserves a head coaching gig. Aaron Rodgers absolutely loves him. I mean, like, obviously, like, since he's taken over, because you always wonder, though, if you have an OC who doesn't call the plays, it's like, well, what does this guy really do? Since he's went over, like, as the package deal with Matt LaFleur, they're much better in the red zone. They call it the gold zone. I think I think he's going to be a really good head coach. He's going to be a head coach. So that's the route that I would go. He's a little bit younger. If you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers endorsing you, like, he doesn't work well with everybody. So if Rodgers is endorsing him, the guy obviously knows his stuff. Good work ethic. They say he just works, like, nonstop. So I think both would be an excellent choice, but I got to be honest. I, 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 for the bears, I kind of want Doug Peterson to get the gig. I, I think he'll be better this time around. You, you know, what's funny. He won a this, Super Bowl the first time around. So, you know, I, I've been around for plenty of these head coaching searches and there's usually a name or two that I land on that I would love the names that I'm hearing for the coaching part. I'd be cool with any of five or six of them. Right. I didn't think about it. How many talented potential head coaches there there are right now? Now let me ask you this: Like, does the Nathaniel Hackett thing scare you a little bit? Because okay, you look at him and like, obviously that's the route that every team wants to go, every organization wants to go because he's young. He's forty two years old only. But you know, no. are we going to start doing no. the thing where we're picking from the Lafleur tree the same way we did it with Shanahan and McVeigh, and then it's like, well, is Zach Taylor going to work out? This guy's never called the plays. What concerns you about Hackett? And, and, you know, and you don't get I'm not, I, I'm not concerned about Hackett. And I think it's lazy for so many people to run and say, well, of course he has great history. Of course Hackett looks great because the best quarterback in the world is his guy. I've changed my opinion of LaFleur. These guys do evolve. And I, I think we're seeing a much better version of Zach Taylor as well. I mean, LaFleur is one of the better coaches in the league. And I understand he would look a lot different and different record if he had Jordan Love. But uh, but he's done some very smart things. And we've heard Aaron Rodgers talk about it in his weekly conversation with his buddies right. about how much he really likes quick. LaFleur. Yeah. And like, honestly, and he's talked Aaron Rodgers into doing things that like that even McCarthy couldn't get him to do. Uh, Rodgers never wanted to use any pre-snap motion like Hackett and LaFleur. 
They brought all this stuff in and they put it in the game plan. Like I say, he doesn't call the plays, but he puts the game plan in. Like it's a total like team effort, like the offensive line coach, Adam Stenovich, he'll probably end up being a play caller or a head coach. So LaFleur's tree, I do like this coaching tree, but again, like now we got to, you know, when he gets the gig, he's got to prove that he could actually coach a team that isn't led by Aaron Rodgers. But I would like that hire. Somebody's going to hire him. And that's probably the route that I would go. I don't think you're wrong about Peterson. He'll be better this time around. And what I meant was, you know, Flores is intriguing. Some of the things I heard behind the scenes, I'm a little concerned about, but Hackett, I, I'd be like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Harbaugh, I wouldn't hate. Uh, Brian Dayball. I, there are a lot of interesting names out there. Yeah, I completely agree. I would go with an offensive guy, young. Uh-huh. Like, I want the next Shanahan. I, I don't want to hire the defensive-minded guy like the Vic Fangio as much as I love, you know, Vic. Like, I just – it never works out anymore. Like, look look where the league's headed, man. Like, look at the trends. It's all these young, offensive-minded guys. Well, the big thing, if you hit on offensive coordinator, you hit on a great play caller, you don't want to lose them in a year because they're going to be hired away immediately. Exactly. So that, exactly. that's the big thing. That's Ryan Horvat. Bet MGM tonight. Check him out weeknights 6 to 10 p.m. on the BetQL network. You could hear it here in Chicago on 105.9 FM HD2, 105.9 FM HD2, and on the Odyssey app. Just search BetQL network. Horvey, I hope you have a great weekend because that means I'm going to have one too. Yeah, same here. Enjoy the games this weekend, Jeff. At PointsBet Sportsbook, if you place a $20 pregame bet on Pittsburgh at Cincinnati for tomorrow, you'll receive a $20 free bet to use live on the game. Also at PointsBet, yesterday they posted odds on the next Bears head coach. Check it out on the app. And speaking of PointsBet, weekly contributor Jim Miller joins me next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings 8-9 to on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. PointsBet Sportsbook is giving you more live betting than ever before. Don't just bet before the game. Download the app that lets you easily bet along with it. With PointsBet, you get more live betting, more live bet types, more live cash outs, and more ways to live your bet life. Welcome back on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Sports Radio 670, the score here every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m., The playoffs are here. Finally, it's mid-January and the playoffs are getting going. And we're bringing in our buddy from Hawthorne Racecourse and PointsBet Sportsbook, Jim Miller, at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, you all set? It starts today. Uh, The countdown is on. First off, I love what the NFL is doing, spreading out these games over the course of three days. I think it's very wise. You avoid overlap. There's going to be so much more viewership. And then now with the legalization of sports betting, I, th- I think even this playoffs, Joe, you've seen even more options for wagering going into the start of the playoffs for what you can do, of course, for each game. But man, this is going to be a lot of fun. Is there a particular game that you're interested before we get to some of the props? For me, the interest actually comes with the game at the end of the first round of the wild card weekend, Arizona and the Rams, because I'm looking at that. To me, that's right for an upset. And it's weird saying an upset because the Cardinals were the, were the best team in the NFC for the first half of the season. Man, I just wonder. I think something could happen there. I, th- I think they could pull off the upset. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the last time I saw the number it was four, and I don't know what kind of movement we've seen there. But to me, that's a very intriguing game. What do you think? I did see it bounce uh, bounce around between four and three and a half. And it's uh, strange that we have to wait all the way until Monday night for that one. What I think is that is the one game of the six this weekend 
that I don't have a strong opinion on. Yeah. And the reason is because uh, after the second half of these seasons, these two teams, remember where we were at the midpoint. It's something you just alluded to a moment ago. Cardinals were 7-0. and 7-0. and Then they go 4-5. and The Rams were 7-1. and And then they go 5-4. and Matthew Stafford has his struggles down the stretch. You know, the midpoint of the yeah. season, I think you could have made a strong case that these two teams in the same division now meeting in the wild card round were the two best teams in the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and you're, you're right how times have changed, but man, they, it comes full circle that these are the two teams that are matching up. And here's the thing you have really, I mean, the playoff unproven Matthew Stafford, you, you do have an injury depleted Arizona team a little bit, but I'll tell you, Kyler Murray has looked better here over the course of the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford, you throw one or two ill-advised picks and everything can change in a game like that. And you're right, that magic number of three and a half is really kind of the big number there, and that, that's the movement. And I love that this is a Monday night game because it could be one of the best games of the wild card round. And to kind of have it float out there on an island a little bit, I think is a beautiful thing. And I've had questions with the coaching on both sides. We know McVay's been in a Super Bowl in the past, but in recent seasons, his teams have struggled down the stretch. They seem to regress. Kingsbury, it's the same thing going back all the way to college. I've been talking about that on a regular basis on the show. Second half of the season, his teams don't perform the same. Now, however, this year, Arizona has been outstanding on the road. So they're getting points. They're getting more than a field goal in a road spot here. I just have a lot of trouble trusting either team. You know, with the Kyler thing, the Cardinals offense has not been the same since they lost DeAndre Hopkins, which is a bit surprising to me. We know Hopkins is an outstanding talent, but the numbers were not the same. Now we've seen a uh, large sample size with him off of the field, and it's been a stark difference. So that's uh, my concern on that side. I have concerns on both sides. These two are, are very tough to trust. Yeah, and, and the trust thing is the one thing that could lead to chaos in a game like that. So and take the, the points. Thing, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the points for sure. Jim, PointsBet Sportsbook always offers a number of promos and boosters, and there are two Chris Sims boosts of the week here for Wild Card Weekend. I'm going to throw them at you, and you tell me which one you prefer. For San Francisco-Dallas, Debo Samuel to score a touchdown, boosted from minus 115 to plus 110. That means bet 100, win 110. Or the Pittsburgh-Kansas City game tomorrow night, Tyree Kill to have 75-plus receiving yards, and the Chiefs win, boosted from plus 135 all the way up to 165, plus 165. So Debo touchdown or Tyreek? 75 plus yards and a Chiefs win. To me, it's got to be Debo. We've talked about Debo a little bit, but man, this is a guy, I, you got to classify him as a wide receiver, but how many rushing touchdowns did he have this year? I mean, he can do absolutely everything. He's the offense. The offense rolls through him. So I think his potential to score is something that, that's going to be much higher. Tyreek Hill, I'm, I'm still curious to see what you're going to get out of him, how much they're going to see out of him. How much does, is he a decoy? Is he a guy that they're using out there? I mean, Kansas City, a figure is going to win, but then do they get ahead and do they put the ball on the ground? I'm not sure. But, man, Debo so much fun to watch. That would be the route I would go because I think if San Fran has any shot of even being in the game, it's going to have to go through Debo and it's going to have to go through him getting into the end zone. On Casey's Tyreek Hill, he played, but remember he just got off the COVID list in their right. last meeting, only had a couple of targets, so was barely involved. It was a blowout anyways. 
They didn't need him too much. Kelsey was not on the field. Which guy's going to go off? You don't know. So the right. Chiefs win part is not a concern. It's it Tyreek going to get at least 75 plus yards. I'm with you on Debo for him to be plus money to score a touchdown. How they've used him in the second half of the season, how they've used him in the running game. And what do you know, once they started putting Debo in positions to be a part of that rushing offense, that's when Jimmy Garoppolo really turned it on this year. Look at some of the metrics. He was being viewed as a you know, top five, top eight quarterback. So that's going to be a fun one. Shortest point spread of the weekend. Can't wait for San Francisco. Dallas, I think you made the right play there with Debo to score a touchdown. But I also like San Francisco in this game. Kyle Shanahan against Dan Quinn should be a lot of fun. All right, Jim Miller, tell us what you're thinking with the horses today. Well, we got back in the winner's circle last week, so let's keep it going. We do have one three-year-old derby prep this weekend. It's a Tampa Bay Downs race five. We're going to bet the two cyber Viking across the board. Then we'll go to the hometown track at Hawthorne. Race number one on Saturday, bet the two Rojo Caliente across the board. And race five at Hawthorne, bet the five Hello Sweetie Boy across the board. All three in with big shots, and hopefully we build the bankroll for Sunday. That's Jim Miller, weekly contributor here on Early Odds, checking in from PointsBet Sportsbook and Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, let's uh, chat next week for the divisional round, all right? This is going to be a lot of fun, Joe. Let's make some money. If you missed my extended look at all six playoff games from a betting perspective with my buddy Ryan Horvat of the BetQL Network, use that Rewind feature on the Odyssey app to earlier on this hour or catch it on the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast. Our producer, Cesar Perez, will get that posted shortly. If you're looking for more insightful guests, props, all sorts of betting angles, BetQL Daily, wherever you find your podcasts. Best of luck this three-day super wild card weekend. Inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Hawes moments away. Cash some tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.